Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfect Bill, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, part of the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. I am Sam Marcu, and he is the two-time, is two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about the good doctor himself, Dr. Christopher Colon. Doctor, how in the hell are you, my friend? Well, to compare our off-air talk to our on-air talk, um, we were discussing Mario. That's a big thing. So that was, I was actually, that was, I thought that was a good Mario. That was a good Mario. Yeah. It was a very good Mario, and people might hear a little bit of that depending on how the uh, the clip gets edited at the very start. So if you hear a weird woo before uh, you hear me do my intro, that is why. It but, was me uh, going, here we go! <laughs> well, there it is. Now they'll hear it. Someone will hear it twice. Um, but no, I mean, uh, here we go is right, because here we go with the Miami Dolphins, 8-3, first place Oof. in the AFC East. And, I mean, it's not technically uh, a playoff team yet here, Chris, but... With the way the Bills have fallen out of favor and uh, the Jets being the Jets and the Patriots being the Patriots, it looks like a foregone conclusion, Chris, that the Miami Dolphins are going to be your AFC East Kings. Um, In order to do that, though, of course, they have to beat the Commanders first and a couple of other teams, and they maybe need one loss from the Bills. In fact, their magic number right now, Chris, is four. Any combination of Miami Dolphins wins and Buffalo Bills losses, that goes to the number four, just like in baseball. And the AFC East is ours. Uh, you got to be feeling good as a Miami Dolphins fan. First time since we started the town of Perfectville seven years ago, Chris, uh, that we are in a position to win the division. And it's still technically November. Yeah, Sam, um, it's funny you said that. I was just thinking as you're kind of talking through that, um, we've never experienced that as a show, as a community right. of Perfectville. Um I hope we're still good. Like, this is fun. I, it's a lot of fun. You, like you said, you, it's fun. Um, somebody had a meme on Reddit. It was so funny. It was like uh, Dolphins fans watching, or I'm sorry, on Twitter, X. And it was uh, Dolphins, you know, watching the game, and they're all, like, excited. And there's, like, a an- non-Dolphin, like, oh, two of them might get hurt. And then the next screen was, like, you're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, you guys are terrible. And then it's, like, we're just having fun. Like, we're really yeah. enjoying this right now. This is just... A great time to be a Miami Dolphin fan. Um, we've got cupcakes coming up where I'm hoping Mike McDaniel has his team coached up and not playing down to their opponent, which they haven't seemed to do this year. Um, it, it's exciting. Like, it's really exciting. We don't play a team with a winning record till Christmas Eve, Sam. Um, Buffalo's got to play Kansas City and I think Dallas still. So, uh, yeah, a lot of good times ahead. Yeah, Buffalo's next three games, they have a bye this weekend, of course. But after that, it's uh, Kansas City, Dallas, and Los Angeles Chargers, which has a potent offense sometimes. So yeah, uh, Buffalo has a rough road ahead. And like you talked about, we don't play another team with a winning record until Christmas Eve against those same Dallas Cowboys. It's very possible, Chris, before we even take the field on that day that the Miami Dolphins have wrapped up the AFC East and will be a playoff team and not just a playoff team, but a playoff contender because uh, the offense continues to roll. I mean, uh, the injury report is out for this commander's game and Tua to a tongue is finally on the injury report to your point about the little meme earlier. And one of those narratives that have gone by the wayside this season, Tua has not been on the injury report until 
this week, Chris, and it's because of that gnarly laceration he had against the Jets back on Black Friday where about half of his arm was peeled off. We still don't even know what exactly happened, but uh, that's it. That's the only injury Tua has had so far, knock on wood, um, for the Miami Dolphins. Of course, they have a lot of other injuries. You know, uh, Jalen Phillips comes to mind. We'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, this team in general has their principal players playing at a high level. Since Jalen Ramsey has come back, the Miami Dolphins are a top five defense. And of course, we know what they can do on offense when it comes to Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Tua Tagovailoa, Raheem Mostert. They're getting Devon Achon back this week. The offensive line continues to show depth and versatility. Uh, what is there to be, you know, hateful of? Although I'm sure we can find at least three reasons to hate the Washington Commanders as we get into this episode. Yeah, we can find three uh, of the Commanders, but not of the Dolphins. I mean, just, everything is just going millhouse right now it's like pretty nice uh to uh yeah his laceration looked like he was bit by a shark uh they zoomed in on that thing and it was like fucking gnarly someone on twitter was like uh i see bone <laughs> like it was it was pretty bad man they was on that shot where he put his shoulder down and um uh, it had to be a clip of a shoulder pad or something that hit that but he came back out with a patch on no worries he's throwing left-handed so it's fine yeah. but um you know that's the one thing about Tua. i think is like a superpower is uh he throws left-handed but when he goes into contact like that he's naturally right-handed so he's right. always throwing his non-throwing shoulder into contact which is beautiful and smart um it just works out great for him but yeah that injury was gnarly it was pretty nasty on black friday everybody just kind of yeah. out of his arm yeah i mean that would actually be great to see on the injury report to talking about a shark bite you know what else we need to see <laughs> on the injury report is mike mcdaniel who got kicked in the dick chris he got kicked in the dick if you will dick kick episode the old dick kick from the uh, las vegas raiders there um I, I that made me i watched that at like one o'clock in the morning and i was laughing my ass off at the fact that he got spiked in the shoulder and he's like he also kicked me in the dick i want to throw up right now which we've all been there as guys we've all had totally. that brush sometimes it's just a brush against the nuts and you're like i'm down for the count but uh no Mike McDaniel on the injury report here, Chris. Although I would have loved to have seen Mike McDaniel dick kick uh, questionable for the game against the Commanders. Yeah, uh, McDaniel hilarious of, of, as, as expected on, on Hard Knocks. Uh, we're both caught up. Um, he he just is the epitome uh, on the field, I guess. Uh, even like the Holland pick, you know, the pick six on the uh, fail Mary. When he just like sprints off the field and then goes, oh shit, extra point. Yeah. And he like is he is he possibly quite possibly the this is something research hey research take a look research is this the first time a head coach watched a extra point from behind the other end zone where the fans are like four feet away from him I think it might be well I noticed that too because he watched that from like the tunnel right I mean, he was like I'm not gonna walk all the way back to that sideline not in these shoes but uh, you know there were a couple of times where there was like a walk-off, so end-of-game situation where they still had to come back and kick the extra point for whatever reason, and I forget why that was. So I think it's happened, um, but they made them come all the way back out. So it's possible that in that case, the coaches went all the way back to their sidelines to kick that uh, extra point, as meaningless as it was. And I forget the scenario, but it was like, in the, I want to say the late 90s. Like you said, research. Somebody could probably pull that up for us. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I love the fact that, you know, I was talking about this with um, with the folks from our okayest league ever in fantasy. And I don't know that Mike McDaniel is very articulate. I don't think he's a great public speaker. He seems to be very awkward and clunky, and that's not by design. That's just who he is. So I was curious when Hard Knocks started to see him in the element of talking to the players with a camera on him as opposed to talking to media 
in specifically to the camera. And he's still very much that same way. There's a lot of uhs, a lot of ums, a lot of those speech foibles, if you will, that most of us do. Now, now that I said that, people are going to count our uhs and ums and tally it, you know, and say, you guys aren't very good either. But it works for him, is my point. This is not me trashing Mike McDaniel. It's me saying, despite that, in spite of that, not being a great orator, at least in the traditional sense, he's still very interesting. Obviously, insanely smart. Knows exactly how to connect with players. Uh, seems to enjoy everything that he's doing about being a coach. It's a breath of fresh air for ways that maybe most people aren't even really considering. But he's not perfect, and I think that makes him even a better coach and human being for this organization in a weird way. I agree completely. Uh, coaches I've seen in the past, most of them, uh, a lot of them, hold uh, themselves on this pedestal. I'm the coach. You're the player. I'm the boss. You're the, you're the employee, and that resonates with players they they feel that they feel like they're nervous to go in your office uh to, to ask you a question they're nervous you know to 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 buck something that you saw on tape that maybe they did mike mcdaniel doesn't give off that feeling no. that you know anybody would be nervous to say hey coach isn't that like cover three there he would be like oh you're fucking right you know like that's it and when you have that kind of leadership and I've said this before during the coaching search before we got Mike McDaniel and how much I liked him. And if you're a listener to the show for a long time, you're going to know pretty much what I'm about to say is players these days right. need a coach like that. A Brian Flores just doesn't work. It doesn't work in today's NFL. It doesn't work. Sam, I'm that coach. Okay. I'm not making McDaniel. I didn't go to Yale, but I was the guy that like talked to the kids about video games and like, was super just animated and pumped up and excited for them on the sidelines and during practice where I haven't coached in two years and I'll go to Zach's games and like my players that I coached years ago are coming up to me and giving me a hug. Like they right. just, they just need that coach. And it's not like you're not babying them. You're their friend, but you also can look at them and say, Hey, look, we need to do this. Now we got to focus up the game's on. Like, here's what we got to do. And if they trust you like that as a coach, they will fucking run through walls for you. And McDaniel yeah. can flub up a word and mess up. Like Brian Flores, the Bil Bilicek, like those guys, that's from the 90s. That's a different era of football where it's just like fucking straight face. They're not your friend. They're not your buddy. They're your coach. You're here to do a fucking job. You're a professional. Like there's a fine line there, but Mike McDaniel is in a perfect spot where he's not crossing it too much the other way where he's yeah. a goofball. Like the players respect him and they enjoy being players for him as their head coach. I think the biggest example of that is Nick Saban. I mean, he did not yes. work for the Miami Dolphins. He did not work at the pro game because they're professional people who are getting paid more money than he was in many cases for him to treat them in a very dehumanizing way. But him in college, him at Alabama, where the entire state basically eats where he shits and he can do no wrong, he can get away with that and people have to listen to him. And he's a great coach in terms of scheming in terms of uh, recruiting, in terms of all the things that make a college coach a good college coach, a great college coach. But you're right. It's complete. And he comes from that Bill Belichick sort of style. It works more in college, even less so now, but it works more in college than it did at the pro level. I'm just so happy to have Mike McDaniel as our coach because yes. it's just, you know, it's been a long time. We've had 
player-friendly coaches, but not like this. We've had, you know, disciplinarians from the Bill Belichick tree, and they didn't work out either. He seems to be a very – he's Miami Mike. That's all you can say. He is Miami Mike. He embraces the culture of South Beach. He knows what it means to motivate this group of players. He gets the most out of them every single week. It's just fantastic, Chris. You know what else is fantastic is that the holiday season is off and rolling with the NFL in full stride and, and, and with the NBA and the NHL hitting mid-season form. Chris, BetOnline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. Did you know that? With up-to-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, BetOnline is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four. No, BetOnline has info available at your fingertips on both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport played, from MMA to international soccer to cricket. That's right, cricket. Head to BetOnline today and remember to use your promo code BLEAV, believe, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline. Where the game starts. Now let's start, Chris. How was that transition? I was like five minutes. We're supposed to do that in the first five minutes of the show. We're like 10 minutes in, 12 minutes in. I finally like, oh, I should probably do the live read like I'm supposed to for Bet Online. Sorry, Bet Online, but we love you. Um, what I didn't love, I didn't love seeing Jalen Phillips in yeah. tears on the turf as the monster in New York comes up and gets him. Uh, you saw it right away, Chris, if you're watching that game against the Jets, you could just see the the telltale sign of that roll-up up his calf, uh, Achilles, and you know you got Aaron Rodgers on one sideline, you got Tam Marino in the booth, you've got so many uh, guys with experience with this type of injury. He's going to come back. I'm not worried about that. This guy's gone through so much. I didn't know Chris until the Hard Knocks episode. He was hit by a car at UCLA and like had parts of the of his wrist bone removed. I mean, I didn't realize it was to that extent. I thought it was like concussions and knee injuries, but this guy's been through so much that he's going to have the mental toughness to come back. And he's already taken that Jalen Ramsey approach of I've already, you know, I'm up one, nothing, two, nothing, three, nothing against rehab. Uh, but what a blow to the Miami Dolphins, huh? Uh, he's coming into his own. He's playing the best ball he's played in three years. This defense is firing on all levels at all cylinders. And uh, really the game was out of reach, you know, what, 10 minutes left in the game. Probably didn't even need to be out there. I'm not questioning that decision, but uh, sucks to lose Jalen Phillips before the playoffs when he's playing his best ball. Yeah, one of my the the quotes from Hard Knocks that hit me the most is when he was you know mid crying and he said, "I was hooping, I was hooping." Like he just knew it, it, the game had slowed down. It was year three. He's like he's he's got it. He 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 was just. And I was watching it with Zachary, and I was watching him like, like, like before the injury, how these professionals, where a lot of these kids I coach in middle school and high school are like, oh, why are we doing this again? The same little snap drill over and over, hand drill. Can we just get into teamwork? And it's like, no. Like, you aren't perfect yet. And if yeah. you're not perfect, you work on it. And you saw, like, Phillips, like, just begging Chubb to, like, teach him everything he knew. Like from just like, should I put my arm this way or should I pull him down that way? Like everything was just, he was such a student of the game to where he's like, now I'm good. How do I get great? How do I get yeah. elite? And for that to happen, and it's just, it's just heartbreaking um, because there's been, you know, discussion of him having difficulty dealing with the injuries. I know after UCLA, he was like living in his car for a little bit before Miami kind of picked him up. Um and I'm, I'm I'm appreciative, and it shows how close of a family this team is, where immediately his teammates all came to bat for him online and how much they support him and they're there for him, and he's going to get through it because he's going to need it. It is so yeah. tough, man. you got to stay close to your team because when you're alone in the, in the training room getting better, it is so depressing sometimes to be alone. You're thinking about how long this process really is, 
and it feels like it's never going to get there. Um, and he has to, he's so young and he's so talented. He has to just work through it. Um, get through the, the tough days and know that he'll come back stronger, but that it, 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 an injury like that, Sam, as someone that tore his PCL and partially tore his ACL, it's more mental than physical. It really is because you're just sitting there and you're like, oh, what do I do today? I play football. That's what I do. You can't. You're injured. So yeah. you just lost the thing you've been doing since you're five years old. And then you're watching all your friends do it. That's the worst part. You're watching all your friends do it. And you got to sit there and you got to do PT and get like Vaseline rubbed on your. It's just he has to get through it. And I, I know he will. I hope he will. <laughs> Vaseline rubbed on it. And, um, yeah, uh, that was heartbreaking. They obviously we talked off air. Uh, they obviously knew the injury prior to the episode, so they really focused on him. And, and it just yeah. it was almost like a Hollywood movie where it's just like, oh, here's a very dramatic ending to his what to be a really good season for him. Yeah, and you know, and for the Miami Dolphins, all they can do is next man up. And, you know, Andrew Van Ginkle is going to go back outside now. He has relevant experience because Jalen Phillips was hurt earlier this season with a different injury. So Van Ginkle had been in that role and actually had success. So again, I think especially against the Washington commanders, against the New York Jets, against, you know, these other teams, the Tennessee Titans, we're going to be just fine. You also have Emmanuel Ogba, who's probably itching to get more playing time. He probably didn't want it because of this, but he's motivated to get out there and get after it. And of course, uh, you know, if you have to replace JP, why not replace him with JPP? Jason Pierre-Paul comes home, has made a big deal, Chris, about coming home. He's a South Florida kid. Um, he's well into his thirties now. He's obviously had a pretty historic career himself. Um, but he seems like a good culture fit for this team. If they're going to put anybody in this place, he's not going to be JP, but if he gets you two sacks between now and the end of the season, he can contribute and disrupt and be a, a member of that defensive line and be a somewhat of a menace along with the other parts of that rotation. Like we talked about, um, it's a pretty good contingency plan. If you ask me. Yeah, I like it because it could be like uh, he could be like a closer, Sam. Like we're sitting there, you know, we're up five, and we know they're coming out throwing. Throw JPP out there and throw, go NASCAR. Him and Van Ginkle and Chubb. You know, that's what he can do, and he can disrupt, uh, disrupt, and um, overwhelm a, a tackle or two, and 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 that that's fine. We had to go out and do something. Um, you're not going to go get Julius Peppers in his prime right now. Uh, the trade deadline's over, so yeah, go try get him off the practice squad of a team and. Um, I think him being home and knowing how this works, how the league works, uh, yeah. we're going to get the best version of him at, as we can at the age he's at. So I'm hoping uh, that we can come up with some sort of like tandem name for uh, Bradley Chubb and uh, and Jason Pierre-Paul. And I was thinking the Chubb and the club. What do you think about that? That uh, that could work for the for the two of them. That's funny. We both went there because the first thing I thought of was the Chubb and the nub. Yeah, yeah, that works too. I think uh, maybe when he doesn't do well, he's the nub, but when he does well, it's the club. Um, so, <laughs> there well, you, go. Uh, you know, we hate that we lost Jalen Phillips, but we also hate the Washington Commanders, at least this week here, Chris. So uh, let's get into it. I, why don't I do two and you do one? Because I, I hate the Washington Commanders uh, probably just a little bit tiny more than you do. Uh, so I'll go ahead and go first. I hate the fact that the Washington Commanders fired their defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, right before this game on top of trading away the two best players that he had to coach at the trade deadline uh, and then all of a sudden turn around and blame him for shitty defensive performances. Yes, Jack Del Rio is not the greatest defensive coach in the world, Washington Commander fans, but did you have to fire him before he came to Miami and we could embarrass him one last time? I mean, Zach Thomas retired his ass way back in the day. I would have loved, loved, loved to see him get fired after we 
beat the crap out of the Washington Commanders with this offense and his defense. But at the same time, Chris, it's kind of shitty when you're the defensive coordinator. They trade away your two best players and then like two weeks later say, hey, you're not cutting it. This team isn't doing well on defense. Let's get rid of you. And the reason why is because the Washington Commanders defense isn't very good, Chris. They're not good against the run. They're not good against the pass. And you're coming in uh, to face the number one defense, or I'm sorry, the number one offense in pretty much every statistical category. You probably needed to make a change. And the reason why I hate it, Chris, is because they are going to be somewhat motivated with Ron Rivera taking a look at this. He's going to be hyper-focused to try to slow down this Miami Dolphins offense. And I hate that because I felt like if Jack Del Rio was there, there would be a little bit of complacency and you would see yet another fireworks show from the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, plus all the times when he was at Jacksonville and they probably beat us. And um, honestly, they brought in a guy uh, that was like retired for a year that was at Buffalo a couple years ago. And he's been just kind of sitting at home. He's going to help Rivera scheme up and call plays. But Rivera can try all he wants to stop. But uh, I don't know, man. Their offensive line, I've been watching Sam Howell pretty closely here. And I'm going to lead this into what I hate about the Washington Yeah, what do you hate about the Commanders? Um, I hate that like they force us to like keep changing what we're calling them. Yes. It's just, you know, and then like it makes you feel bad to say redskin. When we said redskin for like a hundred years, like whatever yeah. the hell they've been around. Um in and then I live around an area in Charlotte which didn't have a football team for a long time. So there are a ton of Washington Commander football team Redskin fans around here, along with cowboy fans. And the commander fans are especially the OG ones. Um, they're like, I'll never sell coal in the Redskins. They're the Redskins to me. And they keep their plates on the, you know, on the, on the, on their cars and things like that. I just hate that they put us in this predicament. We have to do that. Yeah. Um, along with, and I'll say this, I, I kind of double down. We're going to do four. Ooh. I hate that. They're not protecting Sam Howell. Yeah. Sam Howell played football at the same high school as my son. Like I'm rooting for this kid every week other than when he plays us because um you know he, he he first of all the panthers as a franchise just uh, what a joke you know you have him available in the 5th round and you draft Matt Corral who's not even on your team anymore you would be printing jerseys the minute you drafted this kid he went to Sun Valley High School in Indian Trail North Carolina which is just 40 30 minutes from Charlotte and then went to UNC so it's printing money and you decided to draft Matt Corral instead over him just stupid decision. A kid got uh, given a bad hand, and he's doing well. He's leading the NFL in passing as being the most rushed quarterback and sacked quarterback in like the NFL since David Carr in the expansion, Houston Texans. Like Just complete, utter dismay of how they've handled protecting this kid. Um, but I'm rooting for him any other game but this one. I hope we sack him eight times. But um, I just hate how they're treating that and the whole fact of the name thing. Just stop it. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I have a friend who was a Washington Redskins fan, and he stuck with them through the Washington football team, which actually kind of worked, by the way. Um, they were there for, what, two or three years where they didn't really have a name. They were just the Washington football team, and everyone sort of bought into it. They should have stuck with that. Changing to the commanders was a mistake. I asked him the other day if he was following this game, and he's like, I don't follow that Washington team anymore because they, they sullied the brand so much. They changed it so much that the brand loyalty went away. Uh, at least from that fan, it's one anecdotal fan, but um, yeah, 
I don't think they did themselves any favors with this Washington Commanders. And the thing is, there were so many fan ones, like the Washington Red Wolves and all these other like fan-made logos with the that still paid homage to the colors and the scheme and even the logo design. And they just didn't take any of it. And they, they I don't know, I don't know what they were doing, but um, you know, I, I'm rooting for Sam Howell too, because like like you said, he's a local kid to where you live, and he has the same name as me. So we like Sam Howell. We just hate him this week, and I hate the fact that. If you're a Miami Dolphins fan and you are overlooking the offense for this Washington football Redskin Commanders team, you are doing better football not. wrong. You better not, because as Chris Cullen just said, Sam Howell is leading the league in passing yards. Oh, by the way, Brian Robinson Jr., big-ass running back from Alabama, doing quite well in this league right now. Antonio Gibson is his backup, catches the ball out of the backfield. Jahan Dotson is a threat. Curtis Samuel wakes up every now and then and catches the ball. These guys have a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball that if the Miami Dolphins aren't paying attention, they're going to be in yet another dogfight where at the end of this, we're going, man, we won that game. But man, that was harder than it needed to be. What do you think about this offense, Chris? Because I've watched this Washington offense and they're not as bad as their defense is by any stretch of the imagination. Dare I say, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. And you didn't even mention Terry McLaurin. What is their best Scary receiver. Terry. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're really good. Like, their offense, if Sam Howell gets time and we don't get home, and this is leading perfectly into what we were just discussing with Jalen Phillips and how big of a loss that's going to be and where we need next man up, if we don't get pressure from Chubb or Agba or Van Ginkle, Sam Howell will carve our defense up. Correct. Like, he, he will take shots. He will uh, he, he'll scramble. And one thing he's not done a ton this year uh, that I've seen him do since literally, like, 10th grade of high school <laughs> – is run that yeah. dude can fucking run in high school he fucking played middle linebacker too like he was that guy like and he was not even just like oh he's out there because he's sam howell and he like asked to go there and he has a ton of offers he was fucking depleting kids like he is a badass dude thick lower body he can run he if uh, fourth and two and everyone's covered jalen and x and holland's got everybody covered we better have a fucking spy on this guy because yeah. he will run for first downs and it's going to extend drives and it's going to really annoy us as fans and as defense, defensive players. And this is where Vangio better have a fucking real good deal set up for this because they do have weapons on both the run game and the pass game. Their only weakness is protection. So if they can somehow keep us off of Sam Howe, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to, it's not going to be this walk in the park that everybody's expecting, yeah. especially in Washington. Yeah, and we're on the road again. Um, but let's uh, we'll get to our actual predictions here in just a minute here, Chris. But we got to fill out the bingo card. We got to get the drinking game going. You got the Washington Commanders. You got the Miami Dolphins. You got Sam Howell. You got Tua Tungavailoa. You got HBO Max's, uh, 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 whatever the hell they're calling that, Inside the Ropes. I forget what we're calling that show. What is the name of that show? Hard, Hard Knocks. Knocks. There it is. I was, I was watching boxing. Sorry. You had a hard uh, time coming up with that. <laughs> I did. I had to knock it out of my head. All right. Uh, let's start knocking out the bingo card here, the drinking game, Chris. Uh, what are we going to see, and what are we drinking? Oh, my God. If they show footage of the Super Bowl where the Washington Redskins at the time beat the Dolphins, uh, you drink. If they show footage from the Super Bowl where the Miami Dolphins went undefeated, if they show Garo Yopremian trying to throw the ball and the Redskins taking it the other way, you drink. You see fans with pig masks on, you drink. Twice. They, drink twice. That's terrible. 
Yeah, it is. There it is. The the hogs, as they call them, right? If they show footage of Javon Holland's 99-yard return for a touchdown, Hail Mary, Hell Mary, Fell Mary, whatever they're calling it, uh, and they mention the fact that he got a wedding cake as his cake in the defensive meeting this week, because that's a true story, you drink. All right, here we go. Let's get into this. Uh, if they... Oh. Mention heart. They show footage of Jalen Phillips at all during the game. You drink. If they mention the fact that Mike McDaniel's quirky, but somehow works. Quirky, but worky. You drink. I'm doing this every game. They zoom in on his shoes. You drink. If they have a ticker on Tyreek Hill closer to 2,000 yards, you drink. If they show the playoff probability for the Washington commanders you drink if they show Mike McDaniel on the Washington Redskins coaching staff you drink if on fourth down the commanders are had the ball and they go for it and they call him Riverboat Ron you drink if they mention that Sam Howe went to Sun Valley High School with it's is the same high school as Perfectville's co-host Chris Cullen's son, Zach Thomas Cullen, you drink twice. That's a good one. Drink twice. I'm drinking twice to that if that happens for sure. Uh, let's see. If they show the remaining schedule and our strength of schedule, uh, actual percentage, you drink. Yeah, uh, and I'm going to say uh, just any sort of montage of Larry Zonka or John Riggins or any of those hardcore white running backs from the 70s and 80s. just Random over, white running backs? Yeah, running over people that probably should be slinging drinks as opposed to playing linebacker these days by athletic standards, then you also have to drink. They call Jason Pierre-Paul mm -hmm. JPP. Every time they do, you drink. No, I'm down with JPP. Uh, let's see. Is there, are there any other drinks or any other cliches or any I've other? I've got one. All right. Let's, show, let's hear one Chase more. Claypool is active, you drink. <laughs> what a fucking joke this guy's been. What the hell? I was thinking about that trade. That I was like kind of intrigued. Like what? they went out of their way to get a wide receiver that they didn't need. Like, what is he scheming up? What's uh, what's what's Miami Mike? I'm got watching Hard Knocks and they're all in like practice jerseys. He's just in a t-shirt. Like it was like that's Chase Claypool. I forgot he's on the team. Yeah, and the shirt says "Not about me" with an arrow pointing to somebody else. I'm like, ain't that the truth? Uh, this guy. Is <laughs> guys. If uh, only you oh well. knew that. If only you knew that, Chase. But uh, let's get into it here, Chris. Let's 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 just predict this score. Miami Dolphins looking to get to nine and three, uh, continue to improve their playoff position here. Uh, they can, if they win this game, which I believe they will, will have it a, a, a legit three game lead over second place Buffalo Bills, who are sitting at six and six. What's the final score, and by how much is the team winning? Well, this one's interesting because their offense can score at will. I mean, just. Sam Howell, if he's on and has time, has a great arm, very strong, very accurate. Um, not nervous to throw it down the field and test the defense at all. So we're going to have our opportunities on defense. We just got to be there. And and yeah. um, if we get pressure on Sam, it's going to be a tough day for him. And um, it's definitely not going to look like Boyle last week. That's for no. sure. Sam Howell is a whole different level of quarterback than Tim Boyle. I think they score some points and we might have a mini shootout in the first half, but we pull off eventually because we're going to get them in third and longs turnovers. I mean, he just can't get protected. And if you, if you 
keep a bunch of guys in and you only send one or two on routes. We have the defensive backs that shut that down. Sam's not going to have a chance. Um, I really think we come out nine and three on this one, a three game lead in the AFC East. And I'm going to call it um, 34 to 12. Yeah. I, I'm seeing this very similar. I think this, I, I think this defensive line um, is going to take Jalen Phillips's injury personally, and they're going to yes. take it out on this Washington commanders offense. And I think they're going to get after him early, which is going to force Sam hell to have to make adjustments and throw the ball early and make some decisions that he probably isn't comfortable making. And what happens when that happens, Jalen Phillips happens. I'm sorry. Jalen Ramsey happens, happens. Uh, Xavier Howard happens. Javon Holland happens. Turnovers happen. I, I see them getting after Sam Howell early. Like you said, they cannot protect this kid as much as we want him to succeed. This Miami Dolphins defense has been playing lights out since week eight. I think they're going to be extra motivated, especially with Jalen Phillips being out. Uh, I see this being 31 to 15. I don't see this ever really being a close game for the Miami Dolphins. I think what I'd like to see from the offense in this, this is not a preseason game. You have to take them legit serious, but I'd like to see the Miami Dolphins figure out a way to not turn the ball over. They've been throwing a lot of picks. They've been fumbling the ball away. They have not protected the ball a lot, and it might not matter against a team like the Commanders. You can overcome that. I mean, we turned the ball over three times against the Raiders. We turned the ball over three times against the Giants, and we're still able to beat them handily. But you can't get into the habit of thinking this is okay, and then all of a sudden you're playing the Cowboys and you're playing the Chiefs in the playoffs, and you're playing these big-time teams where if you do turn the ball over, like we saw against the Chiefs, it's the difference in the ballgame. So I want to see them get right when it comes to turnovers. They need to focus on that, in my opinion, on this game. But I don't think this game, barring any sort of craziness that happens, is going to be in doubt. I think the Miami Dolphins moved to 9-3. and three. They've got a three-game lead on the Buffalo Bills, and they're going to lower that magic number to 3 uh, at the end of this like I said, 31-15, you've got it 34-12. to Either way, it looks like a multiple-score game for the Miami Dolphins on the road against the Commanders. Chris, anything else you want to talk about before we uh, part ways on this beautiful, wonderful, lovely edition of Perfect Build? Four-game win streak in the okayest fantasy football league, including beating you. So I've got to bring it up and like the guys on the roster, so to speak, of fantasy football, that league. We only talk about it when we're winning. I'm going to take my time as a two-time Hall of Famer and doctor to brag on myself a little bit with a lot of guys on bye weeks, and I don't even think I played a quarterback and still won. Uh, so four-game win streak and uh, looking to make it five this week. Yeah, I think I had a four- or five-game win streak earlier this season and then uh, have been losing ever since, Chris. I think I'm right now, if the playoffs were to start in that league, I would be the last one out. Uh, the, the top six go in. I'm number seven. So I really need a victory this week. And of course, my uh, my tight end is out with Mark Andrews and a couple other people. So go figure, but that's okay. I, I'm okay at losing at fantasy as long Absolutely. as Miami Dolphins continue to win uh, in real life. So uh, what a place to be here, Miami Dolphins fans, citizens of Perfectville everywhere, eight and three on the cusp of nine and three, this close to clinching a playoff spot and the AFC East. We could do it before Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of Christmas, they can hear the sleigh bells before too long. Chris Kringle and Santa Claus will be joining you in the town of Perfectville. So stay tuned. Programming note there. Uh, other than that, on behalf of the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, the good doctor himself, Christopher Cullen, Sam, Sam Marcu, the entire Believe Network, presented by betonline.ag. The only thing left to say, Chris, is goodbye from Perfectville. Later.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.